This is a quick content warning to let you know that in this episode, we hear one of the characters experiencing a panic attack. Please contact us if you need any further details before listening to this episode. Stay safe, everyone. Last time on Queer Dungeoneers. Nime reconnected with her family, while the rest of the party took their first reluctant steps into the Obsidian Palace. Jolene and Patsy made the dubious decision to climb down an ominous ladder, while Cremora got stuck into a good book. But perhaps the most interesting economic implication of Conjured Gold is the ability for arcane magic users to insert their creations into the greater economic ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> So, Cremora, one of the books you open up as you're reading is what's known as an infused book. An infused book is like an arcane book that's actually itself arcane. Uh-huh. Um, they'll often have like little moving pictures and, you know, illuminated illuminations. And as you're reading this book, it starts off very vibrant, but the more pages you turn, the more you can't help but feel that the animations are getting duller and the colours are draining a little bit, the book seems to almost be losing its magic. Like, it's losing its spark a little bit here. Okay. Um, Would magical deterioration be something Cremora is familiar with? Did you want to spout lore about that? That is what I would like to do. God, Christ, what's that? A lot. 13. Magical deterioration is definitely a thing, but for one, it would happen over weeks, months, or years. It wouldn't be happening as you turn the pages. And what you realize is as you turn back the pages, the pages you've already read are also starting to drain of color. So it's not like as you get further through the book, it's drained. It's actually draining right now in real time. For a book that must have been stable on the shelf for years, there's no reason it would just suddenly drain out like that. And I think you almost feel a little tickle in yourself as well. Like you're not feeling very well being here. Uh, Oh, um, okay, this is bad. (sighs) Okay. No, I can't stay here. I need to leave. Um, I, no, I need, I need to leave, but I, I can't leave because, because Patsy and Jolene are still... <sighs> no, I'm going to make an executive decision. They, they're smart adults. They can take care of themselves. Um, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave now. And I'm going to keep talking just in case they hear me. So I'm going to keep talking uh, out loud and I'm going to start running now. Okay, I'm running. I'm running. Okay. And then Kamora's just going to run with the light and try and retrace her steps and get back to the entrance. Okay, can you roll to fire danger with wisdom? That's a six. Cremora Magnus, you tumble straight into the trap door. (laughs) Jolene and Patsy, you have just climbed down in the pitch black into the bowels of the Obsidian Palace. It's fucking dark. (laughs) It's fucking dark. It really is. You know what? This didn't work the last time I did this, but I'm going to try something. And she's going to pull out her rapier, and she's going to take a swipe and hope she hits stone. 
So if sparks can fly and she can see what's going on. You get a hit against the wall and you hear it ring out loud and clear and no light is emitted. Hmm. I'm going to try it against the floor. No light is emitted. Well, that didn't work. Patsy, you got any ideas? Hmm. Your idea was pretty good. Let me see. I mean, why don't we just see with our ears? Okay. I'll throw one coin as far as I can and I'll see what sound it makes. You throw this coin down the hallway. Can you roll me a discern realities as you try to suss out your situation? Um, that's an eight. What here is useful or valuable to me other than the coin I just threw? As the coin lands... You are heightening all your senses to try and use echo location. And you hear the coin land, that's for sure, but you don't just suddenly magically get a map of the area. Mm. But what you do notice while you're, like, focusing is you notice just the slightest air current moving through here. The air seems to be pushing in from the trapdoor above you and seems to be running down one particular way of the corridor. You wonder if you can follow the wind to your destination. Um, let me see. So there's the slightest breeze, so I threw it so hard it's punctured the wall straight outside the palace, which means we're by a side wall of it. I'm a genius. I believe that. So it seems entirely safe. Let's keep going. Okay. She grabs a hold of the edge of his clothes just so she doesn't lose him. Aww. And starts walking with him. Which way are you walking? Are you walking the way that the breeze is going? Are you walking against the breeze? Are you walking uh, completely reverently to the breeze? Tell you what, we've been giving things so much reverence lately. Let's walk irreverently. Okay. Well, that's a bad idea. (laughs) You are walking, and as you walk, you are feeling out to your sides, and you keep finding different corridors. And eventually, you hear some chattering. Is this familiar chattering? Uh, it's familiar in one sense. Does that sound like Cremora bullshit to you? Uh, very much so. When this voice reaches the end of a page... I think it just kind of starts again. The voice sounds raspy, like it's being said with a dry throat. Pulling, binding, and sealing way at the Academy of Natural Sciences. Hello. Who's that? A couple of ghosts. Ghosts. Am I a ghost? How long has it been? Well, how long has it been for you? 13,562. I've read this page that many times. Have you been reading the same page over and over and over again? I have so many books here, but but no light. No light. This is the only page I remember. Why, ghosts? Why do you haunt me? Do you see anyone else around here to haunt? I don't see anything. I haven't seen anything for so long. Well, then there's your answer. 
Just take me away. Do whatever foul deeds you plan, or bring me light. So, this person seems to have a case of Cremora-itis. Yeah. Um, I say we kill him. What the fuck? Or take that book away from him, because I mean that'd be like a fate worse than death. Your choice, Jolene. Do you want to do the ironic punishment or the classic one? Hmm. Really, you spoiled me for choice. How about we do the cruel and unusual one? And take this person with us. Oh, yes. Let's bring this person on all our remaining adventures. If that is what you deem, souls, then let it be. It is better than standing here and muttering this passage. So, uh, what's your name, stranger? My name? It's, um... And I'd like everyone to say one syllable of the name. Yes. And make it wizardly. Sure. Im. Rel. Um... What did you say? Oh, no, I just said um, because I'm trying to think. Shimmerlum. Shimmerlum. <laughs> I do think Dorf. Shimmerl Umdorf. Full name. My name. It is Shimmerl Umdorf. Wow, that sounds like that was designed by a really poor committee. I was a wizard when I entered here, but... Now no spell will come from my hand and no light will reach my eyes. That really sucks for you. If you follow us, at the very least, you'll see lots of light. You will bring back the light? Yes. Oh, kind spirits. I am forever in your debt. Take me back to the light. And I think you hear them walk over to where your voices are coming from. Congratulations, new party member acquired, Shimmel Umdorf. Let's cut over to Cremora, though. Cremora, you are caught in a horrible situation. You can feel books around you, but there is no light here by which to read. I'd like to try and cast light. Can you please roll this spell, but please roll it with a minus one. So whatever this is, plus two. That's a 12. You sense an uneasiness within yourself in this area, you still feel like you conjure up the energy into your staff to make it bright, but no brightness happens. No light is shed. <laughs> okay, that's bad. That's, 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 that's really, that's really bad. <laughs> okay, uh, that's okay. Um... Kamora, Kamora, calm down. No, I wasn't prepared for this. Okay. I'm going to look around and I'm going to keep talking to myself. Um, because that's... That will help me marshal my thoughts. Yes. Um, walking around, touching the walls. What can we find? Okay, books. I can feel books. Can't read the books because there's no light, but that's fine. And yeah, I'll, I'll try and find the edges of the space. Okay, could you please discern realities? Good Christ. That's a two. Oh, no. A two. So you are wandering around this space, trying to feel the edges of it. But Cremora, I think as the panic sets in, it feels almost like you touch a wall in one spot 
and then turn around and then by the time you turn back the wall is no longer there. You don't know if this is true but you feel as if the walls are moving. You are completely lost in the dark and the more that you try to find where you are, the harder it gets. I think we're going to cut back to the other perspective now. Patsy, Jolene, and Shimril Umdorf. What's the go? Still pitch black. Well, obviously, if we turn back around exactly the way we came and keep walking, we'll find the ladder. Of course, it is a plan with n- absolutely no problems. Let's do that. Okay. Can I get our dear Jolene to roll Defy Danger Wisdom? Oh, I did great. Uh, that is 12. Against all odds, Jolene perfectly finds the way back. So, Jolene, how do you do this? What What is the trick you have, you have employed to find your way back? There is no trick. She just turns around and skips along until she figures she should stop and feel along the wall for the ladder. So I've got to ask, is this a technique or is this pure dumb luck? Dumb luck. <laughs> With all of the fucking bravado and confidence of, like, a Silicon Valley CEO, (laughs) completely unearned, you just waltz back to the ladder, a place I did not think you would be finding your way to, (laughs) Shimril and Patsy in tow. And the ladder is still here. I'm kind of worried about Cremora because, you know, she was sitting there talking to herself, but also she has a penchant for... Getting into trouble, you know? Mm. And we should probably, you know, keep an eye out for her. Because she's always the one who, you know, gets into trouble. That is very true. Please, please bring me to the light. Alright, up we go. You head on up the ladder. Of course, it is still pitch black here as well. Where's the entrance? The entrance! From what I remember, it should be... Step, step, this way. Hey, are you going back to the entrance? No, I was going to go back towards towards where she heard Cremora. Well, that's not towards the entrance. I think that's deeper in. Yeah, it's deeper in. I know. So you're lying. Shimril doesn't know that. You're lying to poor Shimril and our audience. That's what she does. So in a classic act of Jolene saying one thing and doing another thing, (laughs) the three of you go further into the Obsidian Palace. So, how to find a Cremora... To find a nerd, we have to think like a nerd. Uh, Shimril. What, spirits, what do you command? Is the light here? If you were lost and panicky, where would you go? I went, and I went, and I kept looking for the walls, but the walls, they felt like they were moving. Every time I turned back, the wall was gone. I'm really worried y'all are about to do the most devastatingly horrible thing imaginable. (laughs) What, send out Shimril alone and see what happens to him? Yes! (laughs) My mom went straight there. Now I have a question for you, Jolene. Hmm. Do we want to be horrible to a stranger to save our friend Cremora? Personally, sometimes it feels like it's a win-win. 
Because I think, like, a lot of horrible people went into making me. Just saying, like, if we're looking at demographics of people who sold their souls, um, perhaps my moral compass, while it's all over the fucking place, it's all over the place of crappy. Are you looking to me for, you know, a good shining example of strong morals? Hey, I, I just I just want that second signature so you know it ain't all on me. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's another part of my morality is not taking full responsibility. Yeah, I getcha. Shimro. Yes. Point me in the direction that you would run if you were freaked out by yourself here. Okay, I'm pointing. <laughs> oh no you gotta you, and I grab their hands and put them on my shoulders and like say okay point me now and I think they point opposite to the to where you're holding them I wouldn't want the thing to be touching me anymore but Jolene's over here what, what are you touching And they sprint, and you hear a thud as they fall down the trapdoor, which is still open. We will follow the screaming. You are morally bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This is the most terrible thing that's ever happened to QD. I don't know, Snuff Pramada's pretty up there. (laughs) Yeah. You'll fucking find a trapdoor. You sprint down it because you are chasing after this voice which is just howling. In my whole time, I never met another soul. Why are there suddenly so many people here? Oh my. And why are there so many of me? Me. Me. And as you run and follow them and catch up, you see the first light that you have seen in some time. And it's almost like it's getting pulled through this area, bouncing off sets of mirrors. You run into where the mirrors are, and before you know it, you are surrounded by mirrors. You can still see each other, But in the mirrors, you only see yourself reflected over and over and over again, splitting into a million images. This is new. At least we can see something this time. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that must be the correct way forward. It was the only way forward. So you continue running forward. Patsy, Mm -hmm. as you continue down the hall of mirrors... The images of yourself that you see reflected seem less and less familiar. They're you, but they're not you. You're seeing like a million different faces reflected back at you. Maybe the weirdest bit is, as much as they don't feel like they're you, they also do. Mm. They're making you very uncomfortable, and, and as you run... You almost forget what you looked like in the first place. Man, I think I'm losing whatever sense of self I did not has. <sighs> Calm, Patsy. You know who you is. You know who you is. Can you please roll to fight Angel Wisdom? 
That's an eight. Interesting. You feel yourself beginning to split apart. These aren't reflections anymore. These are you. You are in the mirror. And you can't find yourself for a moment. As you feel yourself splitting into parts, into things that aren't whole, that have lost their identity themselves and were used to make up you, how do you find your way back? Um... I think on Nim and witnessing every kinds of thing that she can turn into and that while I may be in some way all a bunch of different things, just as Nim is still Nim, I'm still me. I think on Cremora and a strange sense of self-duty to throw themselves into death. All I am made up is from that, and I think about the value of the life that I do have. And lastly, I think on Jolene, the last of those that I have met since I have become me. And I think about the hope she brings and the brightness and the laughter and all these parts of me are past. But Jolene has been the one person who has brought me forth a future. And I'll grasp onto that concept of who I am in the present through the people I have met and the present I have created, the patsy I have become, and I will use that to tether myself back together. As you look in the mirror, or as you exist in the mirror, these foreign faces melt away, and they become the faces of your friends. First of Cremora, and then of Nime, and at last, of Jolene. These are the new parts of you. Then, at last, the face turns back to your own, and you find yourself again, standing in the Hall of Mirrors, looking at the reflection that is yours. Ah, there's my ugly mug. I missed you. Jolene, as you walk down the Hall of Mirrors, you also see yourself. But what you see is almost a jumble. You see the Jolene that would do anything for her family. But then you also see the Jolene who would let a child die in the desert to save one of her own. You see the Jolene who is pleading with her friends, saying that she's not important and that she's just a kid with a knife. But then you see the Jolene who would kill to save those she cares about. You see the Jolene that brought you here, the one who says she's on a mission, but then just came here to blow something up. And so Jolene, my question for you, and the question that your reflections turn and ask you, Why are you here? Why am I here? Why am I here? Spare me with that kind of bullshit. I'm here because my friends love me, and I love them. And she reaches out 
and punches the mirror to try and break it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, okay. Yeah. I guess Jolene rolls strength to try and break this then. You reach out and punch, but your fist doesn't hit glass. Instead, it hits another fist. Your own fist. You say that you want to stop lying, but just today you lied to Vern and tried to say that their brother was alive in a fake orb. Why? They've already been through enough. I would have told them eventually. You say that you are unimportant, but you would kill to save yourself. Why? Instinct's hard to beat, but I know now that I'm not unimportant to anyone. Least of all, myself and my friends. You say that family is the most important thing to you, but you left your family to be here. Why? My family is bigger than just my parents and my sister. It's bigger than just Moonbright. It includes my friends as well. They deserve to be protected. So what does it look like as you break free from this? All of the different Jolines change into the faces of her family and then morph into the faces of her friends. And then all of them morph into the face of herself when she was very, very young, before her dad left. And then it smiles at her and changes back into her normal reflection. And then you are once again seeing yourself in the reflection. Your fist, which you had placed here for violence, is now sitting placidly against the glass and you can see yourself again jolene jolene i put a little streaky smiley face on the glass jolene and patsy you find yourselves again and you find each other now you also find shimmerel who is kind of psychically broken right now Turns out that uh, not just anyone has the ability to overcome the power of this maze. And uh, they don't look so hot. By the way, now you're actually seeing them for the first time. They have pointy elf ears. They have a long, scraggly orange beard. However, even though they have this scraggly beard, they don't actually look that much older than you all. In fact, they look about your age. They just happen to look very <laughs> disheveled. They are kind of clutching their head and, and just staring into the mirrors around them. I feel like we shouldn't just leave this person here. Yeah, um, I think I think our little ego trip is over. Uh, I feel better about myself. We still haven't found Cremora, but hey, that was a blast. Yeah, I actually kind of feel better, weirdly. Yeah. It's also bright here. Yeah, I know. This is going to be so much easier. Haha, the Hall of Mirrors accidentally just gave you free therapy instead of breaking you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it were that easy. Why can't I have a magical Hall of Mirrors? So, uh, yeah, what are you going to do to save this poor person? 
Jolene turns to uh, Patsy and says, are you okay with carrying this magic mo on your back for a little bit? Yeah, sure. I feel like a nap might do this person good. They have been reading the same book several thousand times. I force a sleeping draft into Shimmerl's mouth and watch as they fall into a dead sleep. And that they do. They clunk right out. Their sleep doesn't seem peaceful, but it's better than whatever the fuck they had going on before. All right. I think I'll help Patsy to get Shimmerl onto his back and we can keep going to find Cremora. You keep walking down the Hall of Mirrors. And eventually you reach a large door made of obsidian. And you can see that it's open just a crack. And from inside is pouring out this green light. Hmm. Green light and not red light. Which means it should be fine for us to go in. Yeah. So (laughs) she cracks the door open further. As you approach the door, I think you're starting to feel that breeze that you felt before, and it's getting kind of stronger and stronger as you approach. But once you actually crack open the door, it is a significant force pulling air in. And this door, by the way, as you push it, is incredibly heavy. And you wonder if this is the central vault that you've been looking for. And as you go inside, What you see in front of you is not an anchor. What you see is a giant hole, a gaping hole in the ground into which the air seems to be sinking. And standing on the edge of it, muttering, are Cassandra and Vern. Thanks for listening. Shout out to Emma for supporting us on Patreon. Keep doing you. Want to catch more of me shooting the shit? Rate Every Pokemon is a podcast where me and my friend Ange talk about one Pokemon every day and rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. Episodes are about 3 minutes long and it's a ton of fun, even if you don't know much about Pokemon. There's an entire episode of that show attached to the end of this show, so stick around for that. Till next time, bye! Number 65, Alakazam, the Psy Pokemon. It is said to have an IQ of approximately 5,000. Its overflowing psychokinetic powers cause headaches to anybody nearby. And when you see this Pokemon, what's conjured inside you? I mean, the first thought that comes to me for Alakazam is really zero defense. This Pokemon looks like it could be knocked over by a strong wind. 
and it can be. So, uh, yeah, in the games, this is an incredibly frail Pokemon. It got weaker as well as the games went on. In the first game, it was at least good against special attacks. Mm. Now it's good against nothing. It is very strong, but you're actually completely correct. Incredibly frail. Yeah, kind of min-maxed into... <laughs> yes, which is not the worst idea. Yeah, it's it's all about attack, but... And it's fast. What about you, Sammy? What have you got? So if I had to summarize this Pokemon in one word, I would say mansplainer. <laughs> what? Now, Ange, here's a tip. If ever you're at a party and someone comes up to you and says that they have an IQ of 5,000, do not listen to them. IQ is inherently, like, problematic. It's racist. It's flawed. It only judges certain types of intelligence. It also does not go to (laughs) 5,000. That person is lying and they care too much about the fucking glitch they got on that website where they were testing their IQ. Alakazam, I'm sure, is highly intelligent, but also... It's um, also a frail liar that holds spoons and causes headaches to anyone in the vicinity. It's true. And and mansplainers do cause me headaches (laughs) when they start showing how much stuff they know. And I should also say, because it has zero defense... It's going to be incredibly fragile if you try and call it out on anything. Um, (laughs) However, I still love this boy. Four out of five. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, same. Three out of five stars. All right, seven out of ten for this one. Next! So let's stay with this perspective. Uh, Patsy and... (laughs) Who are you? Jolene and Patsy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 I've lost it too. See, it's not just me. (laughs) 